The weather forecast tonight, cloudy skies, a low of 38 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a high of 55. And then uh, on Friday, some weird stuff moving through. We could get a little rain, maybe even a few snowflakes. The high temperature, only 5. Overnight lows in the 20s. Uh, but just a 20% chance of precipitation. So who knows what's going to happen. We'll find out on Friday. Saturday, we start to warm back up again. And we'll see real warm-up on Monday with highs back around 60 degrees. Right now, we're at 56 here at 89.3 WMKV. The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, the nation's public radio source for real estate investing information and advice. And today we're going to talk about apartment buildings. So if that's something that you have uh, thought about investing in, wished you could invest in, Stay tuned because we've got a great guest today who's going to talk about why now is the best time in 20 years to do exactly that. Don't forget, those of you who are in the Cincinnati area, that the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati meets tomorrow night at the usual location, the Community Action Agency building at the corner of Seymour and Redding in Bond Hill or Roselawn. Not quite sure exactly where it is. Uh, the entire meeting tomorrow is all about um, meeting and networking with and finding out what the vendors at Cincinnati Rhea can do for you. Uh, it's hands-on vendor night. be a great chance to network and check out some products and services that will help you to run your business better. It is open to the public. You can get more information at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiRIA.com or at 859-292-7342. That's 859-292-RIA. Also, RIA's Wholesaling Subgroup meets this evening. That's right, in just, uh, wow, about an hour uh, at the Cactus Pair on Jefferson Avenue in Clifton. Uh, it's a subgroup meeting for networking and learning more about wholesaling. Open to all RIA members. And again, that's at the Cactus Pair on Jefferson Avenue tonight. My guest this evening is Anthony Chera, who is uh, a longtime real estate investor and a little bit of a shorter time apartment investor, but who now owns over a thousand units throughout uh, large swaths of the United States. He's a featured speaker at the upcoming Ohio RIA convention, and he's joining us today by phone. Anthony, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Well, thanks for having me, Vena. It's good to be here. <laughs> You're very welcome. Um, so I looked at your bio, and it says that you've 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 been in real estate since like '93-ish, and, and investing in apartments since '04. And and we're we're going to come back to why you made that switch. But it also says that you and your partners own something like 1,100 units. Correct. Yep, okay. throughout the United States. And 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 I think the the first question that is going to jump to everyone's mind, including mine, is how in the world does one even go about thinking of doing something like that, much less doing it? Well, you know that's actually a great question because it really comes down to mindset. Because uh, for years, you you know, you asked me, it says on there that I started investing in '93, but didn't really transition into apartments until the early 2000s. And part of the reason why it took me so long was just the fact that. I didn't know I could do it. I didn't know the process. I didn't know how to get it done. Um, more importantly, it looked like it needed a lot of money to get into it, which I didn't necessarily have. 
And uh, so the, the big thing for me was just starting with changing my mindset and telling myself I could do it. And then, of course, finding a mentor and getting the education that I needed in order to uh, accomplish that. And we've been going like gangbusters ever since. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So your, your, your real estate business started out like a lot of folks in uh, the smaller units and in uh, doing lots of different things <laughs> with those smaller units. But uh, in, in 2004, which I mean, that's only like six years ago, uh, when you transitioned over into apartments, did, did did you go did you go fully into that right away, or was it a, a process where it was both things for a while and then apartments? Well, it was it was a little bit of both. I, I ultimately I from about ninety three to two thousand one two thousand and two ish, all I knew how to do was to buy single family homes. That's the only you know that's where the end of my world was is just buying single family homes. And then from that point, I started doing a little bit of both. I started continuing to buy single-family homes, either through using my own financing or buying them, you know, subject to the existing financing from people that were having trouble with their properties. Uh, met up with my partner, George Antone, and at the same time found a mentor through another business venture that I was doing who owned about 450 units in the Denver market. And he started teaching me the different ins and outs of apartment buildings and how they're, they come to be valued. And so it was a little bit of a transition, but once I got my first apartment under my belt, at that point, I've pretty much stopped buying single-family homes at all right now, unless it's just an absolutely killer deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, you, as you as you mentioned, you live kind of out in the western part of the United States, and I know that a number of the properties that you uh, own are more toward the south. I mean, they're like a thousand miles away, <laughs> literally. Uh, yep. ha- ha- again, you know, most most uh, most investors are sort of locked into the mindset of if I'm going to buy anything, it needs to be in my backyard. H- how is it working for you that you can own apartment buildings that are that that, that you can't you can't possibly drive by and see if they're being kept up or not? Well, that's actually a plus for me because I'm such a perfectionist and a, uh, well, I'll just leave it at that. I'm a perfectionist. And the problem is if they were close by for me, I'd be driving by every day calling the property manager saying, hey, this uh, weed needs to be pulled. This uh, siding needs to be painted. And it would probably drive them nuts. So um, I actually enjoy it because that way I can't drive by on a regular basis. I, I find some really good property managers. We put them in charge and we let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And be, being a real estate investor, I am of, I'm of the mindset that you need to go where the deals are as opposed to waiting for the deals to come to you. So I'm, I'm ready to go out and, and get it. As a matter of fact, it's one of the little paperweights sitting on my desk is a, a, a saying that says, don't wait for your ship to come in, swim out to it. <laughs> and so I've, I've been swimming out to it since the early 2000s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, let's let's talk about something else that's it's, a, it's always a big um, area of debate amongst people who are into apartment buildings, and that is preferred size. I, I've heard arguments for the mid-sized buildings, 12 to 20 units. I've heard arguments that you should never touch anything below 100 units. What What is your preferred building size? Well, I think a lot of it does have to do with where the property is located. Uh, personally, I would be more than happy to invest in anything from from two units up to 2,000 units if it was in my backyard. But if it's not in my backyard, if it's something that I'm going to have to travel to, to research, to check on, to see how things are going, to follow up with the property manager, because we do make surprise visits to the property every now and then, I'm going to want something that's at least 25 to 30 units or more if it's out of my backyard, simply because if I make one trip to the property between the airfare, rental car, and the hotel room and food, you eat up a good chunk of your potential profit on some of the smaller complexes. Mm -hmm. As far as where we're at now, we're actually looking right now at things that are somewhere between 100 to 200 units on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Uh, That seems to be a very good target size for us. One of the reasons we like going with 100 to 200 units is because it does require an, at least one on-site person, possibly one and a half to two full-time people from a property management standpoint, which means there's somebody always at the property. So 
So that that helps cut down on some issues that you can have with uh, you know rowdy tenants or things getting out of control. If somebody's there to to make sure they keep an eye on the project, uh, the excuse me, the property that more people are likely to stay in line and and be good neighbors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, we need to take a quick break. Before we do, I want to invite listeners to call or email with any questions. If you're in the greater Cincinnati area, the number is 772-9658. If you're outside the greater Cincinnati area, it's 877-772-9658. Or you can send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Support comes from the Hamilton County Park District, now taking reservations for your holiday party. They can help you plan a catered event at a number of locations, from modern banquet centers and nature centers to their scenic park lodges in Winton Woods, Sharon Woods, and Woodland Mound on the east side. Your Hamilton County Park District, it's a less stressful way to celebrate the holidays. Details at 521-PARK. That's Corporate Guest Services, 513-521-PARK or at greatparks.org. Check it on traffic right now. We have an accident on southbound 75, just south of the Brent Spence Bridge. Of course, that is a usually a slow spot anyway, and this is just going to compound things a little bit. Southbound 75, south of the Brent Spence Bridge in Covington. Uh, beyond that, uh, beyond the delays on southbound 75, we have some backups on north 75 at Mitchell, and again at Glendale Milford, and northbound 71 at Ridge, off and on through Montgomery, through Pfeiffer. Forecast tonight, some clouds, a low of 38. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a high of 55. And then Friday, maybe a little rain or a little bit of a a few snowflakes. However, the chance of precipitation Friday, only 20%. The high Friday at 45, pretty much the same for Saturday. And then we gradually climb back into the lower 60s by early next week. Right now, we're at 56 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859 292 7342. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and my guest today is Anthony Chara, who is a longtime real estate investor, been investing in apartments since 2004. And by the way, Anthony, that was a very interesting time to get into the apartment market. It's kind of the uh, getting up there toward the top of the market. And I'm I'm guessing that many of your strategies have changed drastically in the last two years. Um, I don't know if I'd say they changed drastically. We've always been real big on just buying the properties right. Uh, you know, unlike what's been going on in the single-family home market, apartments aren't don't have those drastic swings with appreciation and depreciation like single-family homes do. So uh, we've, we've made some little changes here and there to our strategies, but I wouldn't say anything major. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, w- w- in this part of the world, and uh, I, I don't know if it's uh, different out in Colorado, but uh, in this part of the world, we have seen a huge boom in the last couple of years in apartments that are bank-owned or in receivership, which is the next step before being bank-owned. And uh, actually, a lot of properties don't get out of receivership. They get sold out of receivership instead of uh, foreclosed upon. And uh, a lot of properties that are being much like single-family homes, sort of abandoned by their owners, uh, where where it leaves the bank in the position of needing to sell very, very cheaply. Is that a nationwide epidemic, or is it only happening here in the Midwest? It's really only happening up in your neck of the woods. There's a lot of... Uh, you're going to find a little bit of that in any part of the country. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. There are owners out there that get in over their heads. There are people out there that we say that have what's called stupid money, where because they have a certain amount of money, they think they're an apartment owner, and they go out and put a ton of money into something, and then the next thing they know, they found out they overpaid for it, and they end up going belly up and walking away from the property. Or owners that just do nothing but siphon off the cash from the property, never put anything back into it. The tenants get fed up that they're the place is never painted, it's never cleaned up, the lawn's not taken care of on a regular basis, they get tired of it, and they leave. Mm-hmm. But 
you are going to find pockets here and there where it's a little bit worse than the rest of the country. But as a as a whole, you know, the interesting thing about it is the apartment market has actually remained fairly stable, and we're actually seeing that where prices are actually rising in a lot of areas around the country, which we thought they would fall a little bit further, hmm. but they haven't been. And another caveat that people should be aware of is one of the reasons uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are still around is because of their por- their apartment portfolio lending. Hmm. So they've taken a big hit with single-family homes over the last couple of years, but one of the reasons they're still going is because they have such strong apartment portfolios. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Okay, so um, the the apartment market, particularly in the in the area in which you're playing, that hundred to two hundred unit uh, area, is it, it's sort of a national market. I mean, we see a lot of people coming in from out of state, and um, now I know why, <laughs> since we're apparently uh, having some ha- having maybe more issues with uh, these walkaways and and REOs than. They are in other parts of the country. But uh, this isn't something where if you live in L.A. and you can't touch an apartment building for less than $70,000, or that's okay, you can go buy one in Montana, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Actually, one of the things I do is I actually recommend to people that, because they'll ask me, where's the hot place to buy? Where's the next place to buy? And, and, and where should they go? And I tell them, like, quite frankly, you should. I prefer to go where I like to travel. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm going to go there and I'm going to be checking on my, my apartment buildings and looking to see how things are going, I'd rather go someplace that I want to go to for a variety of reasons, whether it's golfing, sun, beaches, whatever the case might be. So I'm, I would much rather go someplace like that. In your neck of the woods up there um, in Ohio, mm-hmm. I think that's a fantastic area right now to be investing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so is your is your overall strategy uh, along the lines of uh, finding good properties that are already in good shape and and well managed and so on, but that are undervalued, or are you more of a uh, sort of a go go find the the undermanaged forty percent vacant can can be uh, brought can, can be repositioned and and a lot of equity developed that way kind of investor? Yeah, we actually do both strategies. Uh, we started out finding good properties or, or marginal properties that, that had some minor issues that needed to be fixed and took care of those problems. And, and then we started to transition into properties that had a little more, um, uh, some more issues with them as far as vacancy. Now, the vacancy could have been generated by just poor management, the management company putting in the wrong people. We found a few properties because the owners got burned out because instead of buying the apartment for passive income, which is what it was, to me, what it was created for, they thought that they could save a few bucks and and make more money by trying to manage it themselves. And typically those types of owners are, they get burned out within 12 to 24 months and now they're looking to move on. And in the process, we've been able to find some good good properties that we've been able to pick up and then turn them around and, and increase the value significantly on the back end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're actually looking for both properties. Uh, we're, right now, we're actually very interested in finding REOs around the country because there's a ton of those within apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's where owners haven't uh, haven't maintained the property very well for a variety of reasons. We can come in and pick it up from the bank. We we found some properties that were anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars a door. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> for those of you who who maybe don't know. That's really cheap. <laughs> if the, if, uh, if uh, you know, even 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 in Cincinnati, even at the top of the market, even in a not great neighborhood, uh, properties were going for twenty thousand a door. Single one bedrooms were going for twenty thousand a door. So uh, that is a very inexpensive um, uh, a cost. Not by the way, Anthony, and I know you're gonna you're gonna talk more about this um, at, when you come to Orio. Uh, not that anyone should ever value an apartment building on such a rule of thumb as dollars per door. I mean, there's there's much there's there's a much more sophisticated way of evaluating the 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 value based on rents and expenses and so on. And I don't want anyone to have just heard that oh gosh, if I can pay five thousand dollars a door, that it's always a good deal because it's not always a good deal at five thousand dollars a door. I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a great point because there's a reason that if you can buy a, 
a home in the area for 20000 and you can buy an apartment building for 5000 a unit, there's a reason it's that upside down. And typically it's because it's probably going to need some major rehab work or some pretty significant rehab work done to it. Uh, we found some bank properties where the banks, for whatever reason, I have no idea, they just decided they didn't want to be managers. So instead of leaving the property at 60% occupied, mm-hmm. they just decided to kick everybody out and foreclose. And now the value's gone down. So instead of getting ten dollars or $15,000 a door, nobody's willing to pay that because you're going to have to completely re-tenant the property. Mm-hmm. So it, it's pretty much a fire sale. But there's some great deals out there if you're motivated and, and looking for the right stuff around the country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very true. Now, uh, I know also, Anthony. It's like it's like I'm trying to I'm trying to in 47 minutes here. Like, have have you have you totally tell everybody everything we'd like them to know about apartments? And of course, that's that's not really possible. But um, for the for the newer investor, for somebody who's who's maybe only bought single family properties or who has uh, maybe never bought a property, is apartment investing really within reach and if so what would their what would their strategy be if you were sending someone out to buy their first apartment building what would the strategy be Ooh, uh, how many minutes did you say we have left (laughs) (laughs) i know right (laughs) well part of part of the strategy has to do with the current situation with that person so I can give you an answer, and and I will give you an answer, but it's not a stock answer for everyone. It really depends on their situation. Uh, If someone had limited experience and limited resources, what I would recommend that they do is partner up with someone who has more experience and more resources than them. Find somebody in the area that maybe already owns some apartment buildings. Go to places like your real estate club there in Cincinnati and meet up with other apartment owners and maybe in order to get their feet wet, get into part of an apartment building. So instead of going out and just taking uh, the plunge off the deep end, uh, which could be very painful if the pool is empty, uh, start with somebody that knows what they're doing and kind of tag along with them on their coattails. The other thing that I've recommended to people to, to do is if you've been doing single family homes on a regular basis and you have some experience, Maybe just uh, start out a little bit smaller if it is in your own backyard and go up to a duplex, a triplex, or a fourplex. Now, it's not a true apartment building, but at least now you've stepped into the multi-unit realm and you're getting more exposure and more experience from that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you have a lot of financial backing and a lot of experience with real estate, maybe you've owned or, or bought and sold hundreds of properties, it wouldn't be that big of a leap to jump up to a 50 or 75 or 100-unit apartment building, in which case, uh, again, it still comes back to getting the education that you need to understand, as you you mentioned earlier, uh, Vena, that it's not just about looking at the dollar per door and knowing that it's a good deal. There's a lot more that goes into that strategy to figure out the income and the expenses uh, and figuring out the value, but at least the Partner up with people that know that area of the the country, that know that particular product like apartment buildings, and learn what you need to learn so that you don't get burned uh, moving maybe a little too quickly. Mm Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, I want to invite folks one more time to give us a call with any questions you have about buying apartment buildings, managing apartment buildings, selling apartment buildings, financing apartment buildings, whatever it is you'd like to know, 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Or you can send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Attention real estate owners and investors, anyone interested in real estate. Did you know you could attend the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association Investing Conference and Expo November 11th through 14th and also benefit WMKV Radio at the same time? It's a win-win as you get the information you need and support the radio home for real-life real estate investing, WMKV and WMKVFM.org. Now, time is running out. The event runs November 11th through 
through 14th, you can still make reservations. You can get all the details on the WMKV homepage at WMKVFM.org. There are links to make your reservations, and every reservation made through WMKV benefits this radio station. Don't miss the 2010 OREA Conference and do your part to support the station that brings you weekly real estate information. Call 782-2427 or 877-772-9658 or visit wmkvfm.org today. And thank you. Checking on traffic right now. We still have that one accident southbound 75 just south of the Brent Spence Bridge. That is on the Covington end of the bridge. And it's blocking the left lane. So if you're heading southbound, you're going to encounter some heavier-than-usual backups. And I would certainly keep to the right. Uh, other than that, your regular delays in the usual spots may be a little heavier than usual on eastbound 275 at Kentucky 16 near the AA Highway. Not sure why, but uh, some backups there today. Uh, tonight, uh, cloudy skies with a low around 38 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, a slight chance of a shower, otherwise a high of 55. Also on Friday, a 20% chance of precipitation. Could be in the form of a rain shower or maybe even a few snowflakes. Cloudy skies on a high of 45. Saturday, a high of 45. Sunday, a high of 55. And then Monday, Tuesday of next week, highs around 60 degrees with sunny skies. Right now, we're at 56 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Support comes from Ohio National Financial Services. As they begin their second century, Ohio National reaffirms their basic values. A focus on long-term customer value providing quality life insurance and retirement planning products, and financial stability during uncertain times. Ohio National. Life changes. We'll be there. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Davina Jones-Cox, and my guest today is Anthony Chara, apartment owner, national, nationwide apartment owner, apartment guru, speaker at the... 2010 OREA convention coming up next week in Dayton, Ohio, and you can still register for that by going to wmkvfm.org. If you go about halfway down the page, there's a link to click to pledge for seats at the upcoming OREA convention, uh, just like Dabney did this week, um, kind of a last-minute uh, Last minute purchase for herself, and uh, if you still need to get your tickets, that's how you do it, wmkvfm.org. And please don't try and do that on Wednesday of next week. When the event starts on Thursday of next week, we won't be here to get the registration. So do it now, okay? Um, So, Anthony, we have a question here uh, from William who says, I have a friend who has a paid off for family that he would like to sell to sell to me how do i make him an offer where we could both benefit him in a tax sense and me in the sense of a lower down payment wow that sounds like an awesome opportunity for william mm-hmm. um well quite frankly if he's looking if his friend is looking for a situation that would help him out of the tax bite, at least on the front end, would be to uh, offer William seller financing. Um, a couple things, though, that I would look at from William's perspective is, could he get in with a low down payment? Yeah, he, since the, the his friend owns the property free and clear, he can, he can, he's down the bank. His friend can set up the loan any way he wants to. He can offer them low interest, no interest, 5% down payment, no down payment, 10% down payment, whatever they want to negotiate with each other. Um, the nice part about this particular property is the fact that his friend won't have to pay any taxes. Now, I'm not a CPA, so I'm not going to give you tax advice here, but my understanding of the tax law is, is that the friend only has to pay taxes on the money that is paid to him by William. So if he sets up something where William comes in with like a 5% down payment and then pays off the other 95% over a 30-year period, then his friend's tax obligations will be reduced. Uh, Well, he'll only have to pay it literally uh, one-thirtieth of his tax burden a year. 
So that's a pretty nice situation for his friend. The other thing that I would look at from Williams' perspective to make sure he's getting a good deal, uh, just a quick down-and-dirty rule, depending on what his friend wants to sell the property for, you want to make sure that you use something called the 1% rule, meaning that if, if the property is worth, let's say, and I don't know what this type of property is going for in that area, depending on the quality of the fourplex, let's say it's going for $200,000 or $50,000 a unit, you want to make sure that you're collecting at least $2,000 a month in rent, meaning that each unit rents for $500 a month. 500 times 4 is 2000 So you're collecting 1% of the value of the property every month in rent. That's a good place to start to get you in the ballpark. Now, I know if this particular property is up in Ohio, you could probably get it up quite a bit more than that. I know that I've seen some emails coming back and forth, and even on your Facebook account, uh, that is talking about some of the units that people are picking up for $20,000, dollars per unit and renting for somewhere between $800 and $1,200 uh-huh. per unit. That's, that's some pretty good numbers there, so... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, uh, what you saw on my Facebook page, you, you actually added some zeros. I was talking about a property that we picked up for $250 a unit <laughs> for a full oh, family. <laughs> now, now, let me let me say, that was not in good shape, <laughs> okay? It needed it needed a, more investment than that in the way of, uh, of repairs. But, uh, yeah, I mean, another situation where a lender had bought the property back, did not know quite how to market it, asked too much for it for too long, and eventually it got vandalized and it had to be a fire sale. So almost yep. almost literally. Um, okay, so a uh, question here from Ginny, who's writing from Charleston. She says, if Anthony had to create his perfect apartment building, what would the unit mix be, i.e. how many one-bedrooms, how many efficiencies, how many two-bedrooms, how many three-bedrooms? Well, great question. First off, the uh, just a quick rule of thumb that I would use is I would typically look for two two bedrooms as opposed to one bedroom. So in other words, if you have a 100-unit building, you want to have uh, 60 60 to 70 two-bedrooms and 30 to 40 one-bedrooms. But that's uh, the reason I say it's just a quick rule of thumb is because the reality of the unit mix really is dictated by the market and what works in a particular market. As an example, if you're in Austin, Texas, it's actually preferred to have all one-bedroom units near the University of Texas because there's a lot of graduate students that want their own space. They don't want to have to worry about roommates, and one-bedrooms are really popular. But if you go to more like a family area of the community where you've got a mom and dad or a single mom or a single dad with one or two kids, then you start getting in the two-bedrooms and the three-bedrooms. So ultimately, I do prefer overall as a portfolio to have twice as many two-bedrooms as I do one-bedrooms. I'm not a real big fan, though, of the efficiencies in the studios, so maybe 1% or 2% of those is okay for me. I'm also not a big fan of three-bedrooms, simply because most people that are buying or renting a three-bedroom type apartment are also people that are most likely going to be interested in a home at some point if they need that much room and that, that many bedrooms. So you're potentially going to get a lot more transition or transient people, and I don't mean transient in a bad way, I mean transient as they're in transition from uh, from one property to another property while they're you know, into a three-bedroom apartment when they're actually in transition looking for a three-bedroom home that they can get into so the kids have a backyard and can get a dog and all the other stuff that goes along with being domesticated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you'd like to ask questions about apartment buildings from uh, of Anthony Chera today, our numbers are 772-9658 if you're in the greater Cincinnati area. If you are listening on the web from outside the Cincinnati area, you can call toll-free 877-772-9658 or you can send an email to askvina at gmail.com as Francis in Akron did. Francis says... Our market is so depressed that lenders in my area are asking for 45% down on any apartment bigger than four units. How do you overcome this? 45% down, geez. Hmm. Well, the, the quick answer 
from me, uh, and the smart aleck answer would be go buy an Akron and go find some other place where you don't have to come up with 45% down. Uh, but the reality of it is that there are some areas around the country that are like that because of the situation that's going on with employment, especially in areas like Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois. Uh, there are a lot of lenders that have tightened up their belts and they don't uh, loan up there a lot more. Uh, the other thing that I would do is I'm not sure if she's talked to actual local lenders or if she's talking to national lenders that are that are loaning locally. But we've had some pretty good luck going to local uh, savings and loans and credit unions. Mm -hmm. They seem to be very uh, a lot more interested in helping the people that actually live in those communities. Uh, but again, I you know I come back to the reality: if if that is the situation in Akron where they want forty five percent down because of how depressed the market is, well, then a it's it may not be the right market for you to invest in, or b. If it is a good market as far as getting a killer deal on that property, then you're going to have to start aligning yourself with people who have that kind of money that can help you raise that 45% if it's just a deal that you can't pass up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think the suggestion about the small local savings loans and credit unions was a good one because I it, it, her, her email, or actually I think, it's, I think it's a him when it's, yes, it's a him, right? Or have I got that backwards? Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I heard I heard exactly the same thing about a year and a half ago when I was shopping alone for a, a thirteen family here, and uh, it was it was all coming from the the national or large regional lenders, and then I started talking to the little small local savings loans that had like one branch, and they were like, "Oh, we'll do it for twenty percent down any day of the week." So, yeah. Uh, yeah, now, now, Francis, that does, of course, beg the question or of, of um, you know, how, how can you do this with limited money? Because 20% down on a 100-unit building is still pretty much a lot of money in most places, Anthony. And I, I know from talking to people that it is the financing that is the biggest thing on their minds. It's, it's how do I get the money in today's market? Now, I'm going to assume that you have some solution for having to come up with three quarters of a million dollars down on these buildings. We do. We have several different solutions. Would you like to share one or more? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, back in, back in the early 2000s, about seven, eight years ago when we started doing this, we ran into the same situation. It was the situation that if we had to come up with 20% down on a million-dollar building, $200,000 is nothing to sneeze at. So the first few projects we did, we did ourselves and with some other investors that we knew. And then as we became more and more successful, we were able to grow our pipeline of people to assist us. So now... Within the last year, one of the things I sent to you for the um, uh, for the bio for this coming week at your your OREA convention, Vina, is the fact that we have bought a little over 400 units in the last year, and we've used little to none of our own money to do it. Mm -hmm. And we have people that have come in and they put in their money because they want to get a good return on the building because they're not getting a good return at their bank. So we have people that are using their, their savings accounts, their IRAs that, that work with us. We have other people who have great credit, and we're, we're partnering with them to use their credit in order to sign on the loans and get the loans on these properties. And we're talking about stuff that's nothing to sneeze at. We're talking about, you know, four and five million dollar properties that we're buying into with little to none of our own money. We're not signing on the loans. And uh, but it really what it comes down to is patience and persistence. Mm -hmm. Don't expect to go out next week and put an offer with absolutely no cash, no credit, no experience on a 200 unit property and expect that you're going to be able to close on that in 30 to 60 days. Start with something that's that's more within your grasp, maybe cut that down to 20 units. Find a, a group of people that you can partner with, get the deal done, and then as you progress and can show other people your track record, your successful track record, more and more people will hear about that, and they will actually start approaching you about investing in projects with you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and that uh, you made you made the mention of um, 
a 20-unit building, and uh, there's at least one other uh, sort of national teacher on the topic of uh, of apartment buildings that says that for folks who are particularly just starting out, that really it's it's more in the 12 to 40 unit range that they are going to f- have the most success because, and, and the way he puts it is, those are too big for the little individual investor and too small to attract the in- attention of the big national investors. <laughs> and so although they can be very profitable, the sellers often have a harder time selling uh, properties in those price ranges. And uh, his feeling was that um, owner financing in that price range was was much more available than it was going to be for the guy with the looking for the garden 150 unit already filled and managed kind of property that was yep. truly truly going to truly going to pull you know somebody like a REIT uh, to buy and you can't you can't compete with those <laughs> as the as the little guy. Uh, it is time to take another quick break. Seven seven two nine six five eight or eight seven 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 two nine six five eight are the numbers that you can call with any questions for Anthony Chera. You can also uh, send us an email at askvina at gmail dot com. Support for WMKV comes from the Cincinnati Arts Association, presenting the famed Vienna Boys Choir Friday, November twelfth at Cincinnati Music Hall at eight p.m. Their repertoire encompasses Austrian folk songs and waltzes classical masterpieces, beloved pop songs, holiday favorites, and medieval chant. Tickets for the Vienna Boys Choir at the Music Hall or Aronoff Center ticket offices, 513-621-ARTS or at CincinnatiArts.org. Well, they managed to get that uh, vehicle out of the way, southbound 75 uh, in Covington off the Brent Spence Bridge, so that's good news. Traffic is, again, moving through there, although... Uh, moving a little slower than usual, perhaps. So we have an unusual backup, or perhaps heavier than usual backup, eastbound 275 uh, from Montgomery back toward Loveland. But other than that, things are moving as one might expect on a Wednesday afternoon. Your forecast uh, tonight, cloudy skies, a low of 38 degrees. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high around 55 degrees. Friday, we're going to cool off a little more. Highs only in the mid-40s. Could see a snowflake or a little rain shower. And then Saturday, uh, partly cloudy with a high of 45 before we start to warm back up into the 60s by early next week. Right now we're at 56 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Support comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank has a long-standing tradition of supporting the communities of greater Cincinnati. U.S. Bank has been helping individuals, families, and businesses achieve their financial goals for over 147 years. Nearby branch offices are located in many neighborhoods throughout greater Cincinnati. U.S. Bank, member FDIC. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Talking today about apartments with Anthony Chera, who isn't isn't prejudiced against two families nor 100 families. So uh, if you have any questions about buying, managing, financing, fixing, whatever, uh, apartment buildings, you can give us a call here at the studio at 772-9658 or if you are outside the greater Cincinnati area, 877-772-9658 or you can send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. That's A-S-K V like in Victor, E-N-A at gmail.com. Um, question here from Dan who doesn't tell us where he's writing from. Dan, you got to send us a, it should say Dan from something when you send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Dan is saying that he has found what, what looks like a really, really good deal on a 150-unit building. However, the building is 100% vacant and needs approximately three-quarters of a million dollars in renovation before it will be able to be occupied and wonders if you have any suggestions as to financing the repairs. Now, we can't give out particular names of lenders and so on, but uh, is, is, there, is there a source, Anthony, for uh, ta- taking on these, the, 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 money, the loans for the money for the repairs, Yes, there there are several different ways that you can do it. Um, FHA actually has a great program out where they will not only finance the property, but they will finance the repairs itself as long as it meets uh, certain criteria. 
Mm-hmm. And with 150 units, it shouldn't be a big stretch to get that project done through FHA. Um, the, the only other thing that kind of comes to mind when he mentioned the fact that it was three-quarters of a million dollars, if this thing is completely vacant, you're talking about $5,000 a door is what he came up with. It's 150 units and seventy-five thousand or $750,000 to do some rehab. Mm-hmm. That might be a little on the light side. Mm. So, you know, maybe he's already done his research and it really will take three-quarters of a million. Depending mm-hmm. on the purchase price and the rehab, as long as the total amount lended exceeds $3 million, you can get a loan from FHA in a, around the 5% range. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I believe they even go up to, um, uh, God, I was thinking that I, I talked to an FHA lender a couple weeks ago, and they were going up to something like 83 or 87% financing. Whoa. On these big buildings, yeah. huh? Yes. The Federal Housing Administration, whose stated mission is to put first-time home buyers into homes, does loans on apartment buildings. That's that. You do. Yeah. What you, what you need to do is you need to find a, a lender out there that does what they call agency loans. Mm-hmm. Agency loans. These are people that that do loans with FHA, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. They know the hoops and the paperwork that you need to complete and jump through. Mm-hmm. So you could probably do a Google search or something like that and look for agency lenders. You can also look for something called dust lenders. D is in David, U is in underwriting, S is in servicing lenders. Mm-hmm. You can also find out more information just going to the FHA website. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so very interesting. There's there's my takeaway from the show today is that FHA does loans on apartment buildings and repair loans on apartment buildings. Uh, good information to have. And uh, we have a, another question um, here from, oh, I hate it when I, when I shut these things down uh, accidentally. It is from David. Okay, and, and what David wants to know is when you are bringing partners into these apartment buildings who are providing the money, what percentage of ownership do they get? Is it based on the percentage of price that they are bringing to the table or on something else? Well, great question. Great question. It can, it's actually a combination of several things. We have some people that bring money to the table. We have some people that bring money and credit to the table. We have some people that bring just credit, some people that uh, uh, just sign on the loans for us. So ultimately what we do when we're looking at a particular deal is our goal is to get the people who bring in the money um, a really nice return. And we actually do what's called a preferred return. We don't guarantee the return. You should never, never, never guarantee anybody a return. Mm-hmm. But we try and get them somewhere between 10 and 12% preferred return, meaning that until they get their money for the year, we don't get paid anything. And so as far as what that means, as far as somebody bringing in the cash, we start with that idea of the return that we want to get them and then adjust the deal accordingly to figure out the percentage of the deal that they're going to get from it. So we have some deals that the people that bring in the cash might get 60% of the total cash flow and the equity up to 70, up to 80%. We actually have one that I think we're at about 85% because that's what we needed to do to make sure that they got a decent return on their money that they put in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, the the setup of those sorts of deals is a whole nother, you know, we could, we could have an entire show on how to do uh, credit partnering uh private placements, private REITs, all of those sorts of things. And in fact, that's a, a, another topic that's uh, going to be covered at the OREA convention. Uh, but, um, uh, okay, so yeah, if, if, if that sounded a little bit like vague, it's because it's there's 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 much, 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 much that Anthony's leaving unsaid there, because we got like seven minutes left. Yeah. Well, uh, one, one other thing I, wanna, I just want to add real quickly, Vina, is the fact that, you know, I get a lot of people that come up to me and they'll, they'll bring me a building that's worth, three or four million bucks, and they'll ask me, you know, this is just somebody that found it. Mm -hmm. They don't have any money, they don't have any credit, they don't have any expertise, and they want to partner on it, Mm -hmm. which is great on one end, but when we ask them, okay, what do you want in exchange for partnering, 
they're so used to hearing the phrase, well, I found the deal, you got the deal done, so therefore we split it 50-50. It's like, you know, that works great on smaller single-family homes, but when you're talking about a 3 or $4 million property, I don't know anybody out there that would split that deal 50-50 with you when you have no cash, no credit, no risk, no anything on the line. No expertise. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no nothing, no guarantee, no anything. And so it's just, it, that's why, you know, back to the, the question that was asked about how much do you give those people, to us, if, if we don't have the cash and or credit partners, we're not getting the deal done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're going to give them what they need to get that particular deal done. And there are deals that we've actually walked away from because they just didn't work number-wise to get the cash people a good return, to get the credit partners a good return, to get us a good return. Um, and But it could have been something that if somebody had a million bucks in cash and wanted to do it themselves, it might have been great for them, but it just didn't work for us. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I wanted to add very quickly, too, is we talked earlier about the, the fourplex deal. Uh, there are a lot of deals out there that you can do with little or no money down. And if you if you structure it right, great, fantastic, go for it. But just because it's no money down or maximum leverage doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good deal. There, there's been a lot of people that have gotten in trouble because they've actually over-leveraged properties to the point where there's no cash flow, and all it takes is one little hiccup or one little glitch, and the cash flow stops for years, and then you end up losing the property. Mm-hmm. So make sure you do your homework and do your due diligence backwards and forwards to to know exactly the situation that you're getting into on some of these deals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So true. And uh, we are out of time, so I'm just going to answer. Uh, we actually got a question from another Anthony in Donora, Pennsylvania. Uh, and Anthony, the answer to your question is go to wmkvfm.org, scroll halfway down the page to where it says Ohio Real Estate Investors Association Convention. Click that link and see what's there for you, because if you want to learn how to do this, you need to come see Anthony. Anthony at the OREA convention, which is next week. It is November 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th. And we look forward to seeing many, many real-life real estate listeners there. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Listening to 89.3 FM WMKV, Reading, Ohio. Streaming live 24 hours at WMKVFM.org. Stay tuned now for 12 News at 6 from Local 12 News and WMKV, the simulcast with news, weather, sports.